Hey, listen, I just want to take a moment to highlight the Kingdom Builders offering. Uh, you should have gotten an email about this. This is our once a year over and above offering that we take throughout the year. Uh, this, uh, this offering helps us with benevolence, uh, especially at Christmas time, but also throughout the year. And it helps us to accomplish uh, special projects that we have to tackle here at the church. Uh, a couple years back, the, 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 the Kingdom Builders offering helped us to put in new speakers here. The old ones uh, were 27 years old. Uh, the amount of hours that we had on those, we calculated it was silly. Uh, last year, the, uh, the additional offering went to uh, help us with live feed and help us to bring you a better presentation of live feed. As we were in the quarantine, we couldn't come. We had to stay home. And so this is the kind of things that get accomplished through uh, the Kingdom Builders offering. We thank you so much for partnering with us as we seek to build the kingdom of God here at Redeeming Love. Amen. Amen. So be prayerful about that. Uh, really pray and seek the Lord as to what he would want you to give for the Kingdom Builders offering this morning or uh, throughout all the, all the way through mid-January it'll be running. Uh, before we get into the message this morning, the Lord's given me um, a word of knowledge. And so it's, the word of knowledge is this, I saw a wire. And so if that means anything to anybody, it was just a simple wire. Anybody? I don't want to extrapolate more than what I saw. I simply saw a wire. I got the impression that the wire damaged someone's throat, but I don't know that for sure. Anybody? Okay. Amen. Uh, could be online. Uh, if it's online, we're just going to pray for healing. I believe that there's healing uh, associated with that Father in the name of Jesus. God, right now we pray for the healing power of God to touch whoever that is uh, with that wire. Uh, I believe it's a throat issue. God, heal that throat. God, let them speak properly once again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, that's the impression that I had gotten. Uh, a couple of prophetic words uh, came this morning. My wife had one uh, that she was going to give uh, personally. I had one that I already gave personally. Uh, but there's a couple more. Uh, Ronnie, the Lord uh, spoke to me while we were in worship, and I just really feel that over the next course, the next period of time, and I don't know if that's a few months, a couple years, God's going to be giving you a, your life scripture. Like, you're going to have the scripture that you, you, you just live by. Like, this is, this is me. And God's going to be working that in you. God's going to be working that in you, and it's going to be revelation. You're, it's it, it's so the only that's the word God's going to be giving you. And so now I want to explain to you what, what that means to me. See, God worked in me. One of my life scriptures is consider it pure joy. When you come into various trials for, you know, that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must have its full work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking no good thing. That's James, James one, two through four. And so obviously if you're going to have joy through the midst of trials, you're going to have to go through a lot of trials, which I did. And I'm not saying that that's your life scripture or that that's what's up ahead. But God's going to bring you through a course of action over the next month's course of years that's going to solidify the word that he is working in you. It'll be your life message. Amen. 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 Uh, Tom, the Lord just highlighted you as we were worshiping, and you are a man of influence. You're a man of few words, but you're a man of influence. When you speak, people listen, and people will follow you. And so 
you're about to have a following. Amen. And also for Danell, you are, you're, you're this small little person. And uh, as, as we were in worship, the Lord just really impressed upon me that you are, you're going to be an intercessor. You're going to be an intercessor. And when you pray, you'll, you will shake the gates of hell. So we have a couple of those ladies in the church right now. Linda, who's teaching. She's not here. There's Jimmy. Jimmy's Linda's wife. You guys got it. I'm confused. Linda is a prayer warrior like there is no other. My daughter has the same anointing on her life, Angelia. And I believe that you're that same person. And so I want to encourage you. You have that same spirit to, to be able to intercede the same way that they do. I want to encourage you to hang out with them. And so you, you get gifts sometimes by association. How many, how many of you know that there were five giant killers in the Bible? Five giant killers. David and the other four all knew David. The other four all hung around David. The other four were David's mighty men of valor. David was a giant killer, and others learned to kill giants because they hung around a giant killer. If you want to find, kill giants, go hang around a giant killer. If you want to learn to be an intercessor, go hang around an intercessor. If you want to be a preacher, go hang around a preacher. If you want to move in healings, go hang around somebody that moves in healings. It rubs off on you. This is scriptural. This isn't just good advice. All right. Praise the Lord. That was good stuff. Man. All right. Hey, we're in our uh, sermon series. Uh, it's not really a series. Christmas message is going to be the miracle. And so we're just going to touch on and we're going to talk about a couple of Christmas things this, uh, as we lead up to Christmas. But what I want to begin with this morning is this message. It's entitled Light of the World. Light of the World. And so Jesus is the light of the world. And so, you know, Last year, we talked about Christmas lights. That was our theme. This year, it's the miracle. And so today, I want to talk about light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. We are the light of the world. And so what does that mean that we are the light of the world? Uh, maybe you've heard this. Maybe you haven't. Uh, there will be a Christmas star that will appear this year on December 24th, 21st. How many of you know about this? The Christmas star, that great big star with the big shining light. That's going to appear this year on December 21st, about 45 minutes after sunset. It'll be the first year in 400 years that it's happened, and the first year in 500 years that it's visible to most people. See, it happened 400 years ago, but it wasn't very visible. Very few people saw it. It happened 500 years ago. This is the same type of a, a, an astronomical confluence that happened, they believe, in the year of Jesus' birth. Planets come together, and they both shine a light, that planets come together, and they form one bigger light, which is what we see. This year, on December 21st, Saturn and Jupiter will align within a one degree, which means that it will look like one light. It will be one big light. They, they believe that back in the year zero, when Jesus was born, it was actually Saturn, Jupiter, and Mars all came together. So it was even bigger. It was three. Pretty interesting, huh? So is, so is this the star that the wise men saw? Probably in part. Probably in part. So as we read the scriptures, 
right? We know a few things. It says they saw his star in the east. You know, I, I, I had this thought, and so I searched it out. I said, how did these wise men know that there was supposed to be a star, right? There's a scripture in the Old Testament that speaks about a star. Who knows what that scripture is? Yeah, Pastor Steve, I just told you what it was. <laughs> Pastor Steve cheats because he sits in the office with me before service and I talk to him about things. <laughs> there you go. See, it wears off. How did he know? I don't know. I know. Oh my goodness. Too funny. These guys, these wise men from the east, probably from Iran, probably from the area of Persia, right? Probably from that area. How many, we sing the song, we three kings of Orient far, right? No, they, they weren't from China. No, they were from uh, Persia, Iran. And they had, when, what happened was when the, when the Israelites were carried away captive to Babylon, they brought their books with them. And so then scholars studied the Testaments, the Old Testament. They studied it. They studied it. And they studied it. And apparently these wise men knew the word better than you do. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't know where it was either. So it's in, it's in Numbers uh, chapter 24, verse 17. This is what it says. It says, I will see him, but not now. I will behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of J Jacob. A scepter shall arise out of Israel and batter the brow of Moab and destroy all of the sons of tumult or of evil. Hallelujah. Speaking of Jesus, a star shall arise out of Jacob. Man, that's pretty rough that that's where they get that from. Oh, that's pretty, that's, there's some interpretation on that. I'm sure there's more there in the Hebrew. I didn't have time to look all that up. There's another scripture in Isaiah uh, chapter 60, verse 3. It says, the Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. So this is what they use to say, hey, there's a star in the east. The Messiah is born. Let's go find him. And so they hike on over to Jerusalem, which is west right? They followed the star, but the star was in the east. They went west because from Persia, from the east, they were from the east. They went, follow me. So it kind of gets confusing here. It, they didn't follow the star the whole way. They just knew where he was supposed to be born in Israel, king of the Jews. So they went to Israel. They came to Herod and they said, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Clearly you guys have been watching and you've seen the star. And they're like, Wait, what star? <laughs> So Herod calls all the guys together and he's like, where is the king of the Jews to be born? In Bethlehem. And so Herod says, go make a careful search. And when you found him, come back to me. That I might worship him too. Herod just wanted to kill him because he was, he was concerned that he might take his power. He was concerned that he might take his authority. There was a power struggle going on 2,000 years ago within political realms. Not much has changed. And so the star that they saw in the east, when they left Herod's palace, it says it went before them. So now, see, did they actually see the same kind of a astronomical confluence that we're about to see on December 21st? Maybe at the beginning, 
right, at the beginning. But now, after they leave Herod's palace, this star begins to do things that stars can't do. The star went before them, and they followed the star. From Jerusalem down to Bethlehem, you have to travel south-southwest. It's not directly south, and it's not southwest. It's kind of like in between south and southwest. It's south-southwest. And so the star was in the east, and now it's in the south-southwest sky. And it went before them, and it's moving, and it's guiding them, and it's leading them. And then it stops. How many of us have seen stars that move around in the night sky and guide us where we're supposed to go? And then they stop and they're like, okay, you're here. <laughs> Clearly, they, they probably did see, they were pro- the first star that they probably did see, I believe, was probably that astronomical confluence that you would see in the constellations. But when they leave Herod's palace, now there's another star. There's a holy guiding light from heaven. There's a miracle star in the sky that they're following. There's this miracle light leading them to the light of the world. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, there are so many miracles wrapped up in this Christmas story, things that we just take for granted because we've sung them since we were kids. They followed the star. Okay. (laughs) Do stars do that? Do, Do the stars in the sky do what the Bible tells us that this star did? This is a miracle. It's a miracle that these guys that are living in Mesopotamia, which was Babylon, right? Who are living here, read the scriptures and interpreted it and found it, recognized a star, went, and then they were led. It's all a miracle, guys. It's all a miracle. Wait until we get into the Christmas story. It's going to be fantastic. Christmas Eve service, 6 p.m. You guys are all going to want to come. I want to read uh, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 13. Jesus. We'll really get into this light of the world. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The light shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it, didn't comprehend the light. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, John the Baptist. This man came as a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light, that the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, Jesus was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Jesus came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The light shined in the darkness, and the darkness didn't understand what was happening. The light shined in the darkness, and the darkness 
didn't understand what was happening. Nothing's really changed. The light shines. The light shines. Jesus is shining now brighter than ever. And those guys, listen, those who are in darkness, they're still not recognizing the light. They're still hating the light. This, this time of the year, it gets dark early. It gets dark around 4.30. It, it gets dark early. And, and it's, even this morning when I woke up and it started to get light, it didn't get very light. There's clouds. Well, this morning the sun shone a little bit. Yesterday, it was so dark as we woke. And so it's just this time of the year. The sun's low in the sky. It's a dark time of the year. And you know what I really appreciate? I really appreciate all of the Christmas lights that people hang and put up. I think it's great. Just light it up, turn on the lights, make it bright. Listen, we go all out. Our house is like that one on uh, the, the progressive commercial. You can see it from outer space. <laughs> We're like uh, uh, family vacation. Our, well, they don't have the spinning meter anymore, but this thing's spinning like a meat slicer. <laughs> Burning the power at both ends to put all these lights. I love it. You pull up in our driveway and it's like, Hi! Like, man, I'm, good to, I'm glad to be home. Look at this. Come on. Recently, I read an article. There was this family. I think it was in Michigan. I could be wrong. I might have the wrong state. Wisconsin, maybe. And uh, they got a letter from a neighbor about how insensitive their light display was because it was Christmas lights. And, and I'm like, are you kidding me? And so I'm reading through the article. I clicked on the thing, and I looked at the picture. It wasn't even that impressive. I mean, like, I just told you about my house. This, was, this house had nothing on my house. They didn't even have a nativity out front. I'm like, why are you offended at this? There, it was a two-story colonial with a little front porch, a typical Van Patten home, I would call it, right? And so they had one single strand of the mini, one, mini lights. It wasn't even big lights. It was one single strand of the mini lights running across right there at the porch. And they had one green wreath that lit up on the upper between the windows. And that was it. And I'm like, Grinch over here, not putting up much light. And somebody had a problem with it. I'm like, man, you're going to be really offended at my house. <laughs> I've got a nativity out front. I've got baby Jesus hanging out on my front lawn. I've got a six foot joy, six foot tall joy by nine foot joy to the world. The Lord has come. Come on, get excited. This is the world. The world is intolerant. The darkness cannot comprehend the light. They don't understand what Jesus did. They don't understand why we get so excited. Man, I have all I can do to stay in my skin during worship. I don't know how you guys don't, don't move something. I, maybe... Maybe you've got a bad knee and you can't, you know, jump and dance. Maybe you've got a, I don't, I don't know, but shake your fist. Come on. Get, yeah. Just go. My wife leans over to me in the midst of worship this morning. and She says, man, I just feel like I'm in the throne room right now. Just, and, and that's the way I see it, guys. When I'm worshiping her on the front row, God is here with us. And we are literally joining with all of heaven 
We're literally joining in the throne room, joining in the song that has begun before the time began that'll continue forever and ever and ever. We're joining in that song. We have that privilege. And we're all like, holy, holy, holy. No. It's holy, holy, holy. Come on. There should be nothing that you get more excited about than worship. Nothing. You want to get excited for a football game, that's fine. But here on a Sunday morning when we start to sing, man, you better be out doing what you do at a football game. You better be out doing what you do at a soccer game. You better be out doing what you do when you go to the theater or whatever it is that you cheer for. Do not be lagging behind in zeal. <laughs> the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this, it says in Isaiah. How are we going to accomplish things without zeal? All right, I'll move on. Come on, John three sixteen. Let me tell you what, worship, <laughs> worship defeats the enemy. Worship defeats the enemy. Wor worship scatters the enemy. As soon as we begin to worship, as soon as we begin to pray, as soon as we begin to praise, darkness flees. The enemy has to run. God inhabits the praises of his people. Are you praising? What happens if we complain? Who inhabits our complaints? Not God. Not God. Oh boy. Glory to God. All right, we'll try this again. John 3.16. We all know John 3.16, but we're going to read 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Here we go. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. He who believes in him, he who believes in Jesus is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who practices evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. That they have been done in God. Jesus is the light. The light is shining. The light is shining brighter than ever. The light is continuing to shine. The darker the world gets, the brighter the light gets. The darker it gets. If you have a thousand watt light in your backyard shining in the middle of the day, how bright is it? You don't even notice that it's there. If it's shining from the north and the sun's coming from the south, that light doesn't even have the power to cast a shadow. Am I wrong? No. But what happens is when the sun goes down, suddenly that light, that thousand watt light shining has the ability to cast shadow. As it gets darker, the light becomes brighter. I didn't even know that light was there before. But now that it's the middle of the night, holy cow, is it bright? Yeah. 
The darkness hates the light, hates it. This is why they're mad. This is why they're mad about the Christmas lights, because the darkness can't understand Jesus. It doesn't make sense to them. And so they hate it. And so we have to be that light and we have to share the light. It's our job, guys. Jesus left us here to share the light, to shed the light on others. We're going to read a couple of scriptures. Let's, let's, let's continue here. Jesus came to make a way where there was no way. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus came and did what no one could do so that we could have what no one could have. Jesus came and died on a cross. He lived a sinless life. No one can live a sinless life, only Jesus. He lived a sinless life. He died on a cross for your sins and for mine. He died on the cross to pay the penalty that was due for your sins and for mine. He made, he made that payment that was due because of your sin, because of my sin. We've all sinned. He paid the price. Someone had to pay the price. God's merciful, but he's just. And God can't stop being just just because he wants to be merciful. And so what he did was he sent Jesus to pay the price for you so that the justice of God could be dealt out. It was dealt on, on Jesus while the mercy was extended to you and you don't pay the price for your sin. Wow. Hey guys, he sent Jesus to pay the price for your sin so that the justice of God could be dealt with and you would receive mercy. This is the gospel. This is huge. No, one's, no one else has done this. No one else has even thought to do this. I mean, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And the world's offended. <laughs> I, I witness as much as I can, and I, and I try as hard as I can. And I love talking to atheist or agnostic people, and there's a very common thread that they're, they're, they're asking this question right now. And the question is, how can a loving God, I wrote it down, how can a loving God not allow people to come to him any way they want? Right? This is the question. If you witness to any amount of people, you'll get this question. How come Buddha doesn't work? How come Taoism doesn't work? How come Shintoism? How come Allah doesn't work? Judaism, Confucius, whatever. There's a whole host of others, hundreds of, hundreds of religions. How come all of these other religions don't work? You know, if that's not a loving God. That's not a very loving God. Whoa, 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 hold up. You've got it all wrong. And I'll tell them this. I, I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not God. You've got to understand what happened here is that sin in your life and in mine, and this is the way that it, you have to explain it so that they can understand. What happened here is sin in your life and in mine has separated us from God. And there is no way that any of us can get across this cavern, if you will, this separation that lies between us and God. No one can cross that. I can't do it by having good works. I can't do it by being a good person. Jesus came and he made a way across this uncrossable divide between us and God so that we could cross over and we could have relationship with God now and live an eternal life with him to come. This is what Jesus did. It's not that 
He doesn't want the people who go through Confucius to come here or go through Allah to come here. Or God, for God's uh, 1 Peter 3, 9, uh, God desires that all men be saved and that none perish. He wants everyone to come here. The problem is, is that none of these other ways lead across. Only Jesus made it across, guys. And so it's not that God doesn't want these others to come, but those ways just don't work. If I head on down Hoosick Street and I stay on Route 7, I'll make it across the Hudson River. But if I go north to 119th Street and make a left, I'm going to plummet into the river because there's no bridge there. (laughs) There's no bridge at 119th Street. There's a bridge at 112th Street, but there's no bridge at 119th Street. And so this cavern, there's, there's... 119, 120, I don't even know how many streets there are in Troy. Not all of them lead you across the Hudson River. There's only three, four, if we count way down South Troy. All these streets, all these ideas of religion don't lead across the cavern that divides us from God. Only Jesus. There's only one way. There's four ways out of Troy across the Hudson River. There's only one way to heaven. One way, it's Jesus. Brush up on these ideas. Like, repeat them to yourselves. Repeat them to your friends. Repeat them to your neighbors because sooner or later, somebody's going to ask you the question and you're going to want to have the answer. And you want to tell them it as lovingly as you can with as much love and as with much compassion. I'm kind of getting a little excited up here. I don't, when I'm telling an unsaved person or the person that would ask me this question, I took your mask again somehow. Jesus. I'm get, I get really passionate up here, but when I'm, when I'm in the moment, when I'm talking to that person who's just asked me this question, I say it with as much love and compassion as I can because they really, they really don't understand. And it's the love of Jesus. It's the love of God that draws all men to repentance. And so if I get angry with them, I help nothing. I need to share the love. I need to share it in humility. Amen. Amen. Jesus. John 8, verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them and said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. As we follow him, he gives his light to us. As we follow Jesus, he gives us his light. He who follows me will walk in the light. We will, walk in, we will have the light. We'll actually possess it. It will be ours to shine. We'll have it. John 1, uh, 1 John 1, 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. The Gospel of John chapter 12, verse 36 says, While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of the light. God wants us to be in the light, to live in the light. The light is the life. As we walk in the light, as we remain in the light, as we remain in the light of Jesus, we live the life that he meant for us to live. He said, uh, can the blind lead the blind? Will not both fall into the ditch? You know, if we walk around in the darkness, we're going to stumble and fall. We're going to walk into something. You know, many times, uh, if I have to get up in the middle of the night, you know, I'll walk out of the room. I won't turn a light on. I know where all the furniture in my room is. But 
it's very dark. We, we, have the, we don't have room darkening shades, but it's very dark. There's one light that shines from across the street that kind of lights it up just, just a little bit. And so, but if, if something got moved, there's a little um, footstool that we keep near the edge of the bed so that Barnabas, our dog, can climb up on the bed because it's pretty high, you know? And so if that gets pulled out just a little bit because we were making the bed and doesn't get pushed back, and I went to the, and I went, you know, in the middle of the night to go use the restroom and I'm coming back and it's pulled out a little bit too much. <laughs> don't walk in the dark, guys. Yeah, don't walk in the dark. Don't walk in the dark. Walk in the light. Walk with Jesus. It's when we walk with Jesus. It's when we commit to obeying his commands. It's when we commit to following him in all things that we walk in the light. And he gave us these commands, not so that we would be punished, but so that we could live the life that he called us to. Matthew 5, 14, 16 says this. It says, you are the light of the world. Jesus said, you are, you are, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Shine your light. Shine your light. How many of us have driven down the highway and the car coming at us has got lights on, but they've got their high beams on, you can't see? Ah, right? Don't be that light. Don't be that light. That's not the light that you're supposed to be. That's not a very friendly light. I don't like it when people do that to me. <laughs> yeah, guys, this kid's real simple. <sighs> I say that, but it's difficult. It's simple, but it's difficult. The light that is in you is not meant to be hidden. It's meant to be seen. It's meant for all to see. It's meant to be shown everywhere. That why? That they might glorify your Father in heaven, that they might come to the same place that you're at where they're following Christ and it'll give glory to God in heaven. That's why. That's why you're to shine your light. You're to shine your light so that other men, other people will want to come to Jesus too. How do we shine our, how do we shine our light? In, both in our words and in our actions. It's what we do and what we say. St. Francis of Assisi said, preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. Preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. The old saying is, you know, I'd rather see a gospel than hear one. Nobody wants to follow a hypocrite. Nobody wants to, you know, hear one thing and see another. See it first. What's different about you? There's something different about you. It's Jesus. Always be ready with an answer. And it's always Jesus. The answer's always Jesus. There's one thing you learned in Sunday school. You should have learned in Sunday school. The answer's always Jesus. The answer is Jesus. The answer for everything, Jesus. What's up with the transfiguration? Jesus. What's up with transubstantiation? Jesus. What's up with eschatology? Jesus. Every, every answer. What's the square root of pi? Jesus. Don't let your good be spoken of of evil. We just, we're supposed to live this out. We're supposed to be an example, guys. Romans tells us, uh, the kingdom of God is not in eating and in drinking, but in righteousness, peace, and joy. 
And so if we're walking in the kingdom, then we're supposed to be living righteously. We're supposed to be doing what the scriptures tell us to do. We're supposed to be that good, upright, standing, moral citizen. And when we are, we're a witness. And when we're not, why would anybody want to follow a hypocrite? Nobody wants that. That's not a light. You're not being a light. Peace. The kingdom of God is not eating, drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Peace. If we don't have peace, does this work? We're supposed to have peace. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. If you're not walking in peace, I don't care what the situation of the world looks like. Okay, you know, this, that, the other thing, division, blah, blah, blah. It could get a whole lot worse, and it may get worse before the end. We just read through uh, uh, eschatology this summer. We talked about the tribulation, and you know where I stand on that. We need to have peace now. What if it gets worse? It could definitely get worse. Things are great here in America. What about those who live in China? They have peace. We should have peace. We should trust God. We should believe. Listen, what's the worst that they can do to me? I could die. They could kill me. So what? They could throw me into the fiery furnace. Listen to this, O king. You want to throw me into the furnace? That's fine. But know this. My God, who I serve, is able to deliver me. And listen up, king, O king. If he doesn't, that's what they said. That's what they said. They were showing him honor, O king, but they said, God's able to deliver us. But if he doesn't, no skin off my back. Listen, you're doing me a favor. (laughs) The kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If we can have joy in the midst of trials... We need to learn to have joy in the midst of trials. When we learn, when we learn, when we do this, when we pull this off, and when we are the most joyful person in the room, even, our, even when our situation dictates that we should be otherwise, suddenly people have questions. And they have questions that they can't contain anymore. Why is it that you're always so happy? You shouldn't be this happy. Why are you always smiling? You know, you're the happiest person I know. I can't tell you the number of times that I've had these questions or these comments thrown my way. <laughs> you're the happiest person I know. Why are you always smiling? Every time I see you, you're smiling. Every, everywhere as I go, people say this. And, it, and it, I've, I've, I've got about a hundred different ways to say it's Jesus. Because the answer is always Jesus. My joy isn't me. It doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from a right mindset. It comes from Jesus. It's the joy of the Lord. It's God's joy in me. It's because I have the hope of eternal life in me that I can have joy in the midst of any trial. Eternal life, the promise of eternal life. Guys, we have to fix our eyes on life after this one. We have to. This coming year, we're going to be doing a a message entitled Heaven Matters. And we have to live as if heaven matters. We need to have an eternal mindset. If we are trying to be Christians void of an eternal mindset, we'll never get it done. Little plug. Little plug. Jesus is always the answer. It's Jesus that gives me such great joy in my life. You know, I've, I've, I do have a hard life. I've said this to people. I do have a hard life. 
I mean, it's better. It's, it's great now. Every day is a trial. I do have a hard life. My life's not the best. I live in, I live in whatever, you know, and, I, and I, could, I could make my life look like roses or I could tell you a story and make my life look like I'm Cinderella, you know, that hated stepsister. It's all in the way we perceive things, but I have the joy of the Lord. It doesn't matter what comes my way. It doesn't matter how good things are or how bad things are. My joy comes from God and God alone. I'm not happy because of what happens. I'm not happy because I drive an, a, a car or, this or, or a house or, 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 or fill in the blank. I'm not happy because of any of these things that are happening. I'm happy because of the joy of God. I'm happy because as I serve God, He answers the joy of my heart. He answers the, the cry of my heart, the thing that I want the most. He answers that, and He gives me joy abundantly. I, I am the happiest person that I know. <laughs> Except for maybe Pastor Tom. I am. Listen, I want to meet more happy people. I know a few. I know, I know a lot of happy people. I want to meet more happier people. I want people to be more joyful than me. I do. This is my desire. This is my desire is that you go out and you live the kingdom life to the point where you're overflowing with joy, where you're giving me a challenge at being the happiest person in the room. Challenge. Come on. Challenge accepted? All right. Go. Today's December 13th. We're coming into this Christmas season. It's been a year filled with uncertainty. The future is still filled with uncertainty. But let me just give you this. Let me just give you this. Let your light shine before everyone you meet this coming season. Over the next coming weeks, over the next month, you're going to be meeting with family. Maybe you're meeting with friends. You know, I don't know what kind of things you do normally or what kind of things we're going to be allowed to do as we get together this coming season. Uh, Thanksgiving, we had three Thanksgiving dinners. (laughs) You can only have 10 people? Fine. (laughs) Three of them. Oh, Lord. Uh, uh, more intimate conversations, guys. Nothing wrong with that. I don't know. Maybe you're baking cookies with the family like we are this afternoon. Maybe you're going to go make greets. Maybe you're going to sit and watch a football game. Maybe you're going to have people over for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. There's all these. Th- Every single time you meet someone, you're just out shopping in the mall. It's an opportunity. When you walk into the grocery store, the gas station, you're standing pumping gas. There's somebody pumping gas on the other side of the pump. Hey, how you doing? We can yell through the mask. They can still hear us. They can still feel the joy. I didn't become a grumpy puss just because I put a covering over my mouth. Let your light shine. I don't care. Whatever it is, every place you go, let your light shine. Tell people about Jesus. People in the dark, they're not going to like it. That's okay. They need to hear it anyways. You're the light. Be the light. Shine it. Shine it in a way that's not... Shine it in a way that's as as unoffensive as possible. The Bible says that offenses are sure to come. Jesus said offenses are sure to come, but woe to him who brings an offense. 
And so when I preach the gospel, I'm not afraid that the gospel is offensive. But I don't want to be offensive in the way I bring the gospel. Because if I bring the gospel in an unoffensive way and somebody's offended, then the offense is on Jesus. Jesus isn't going to be woe to himself. I mean, if it is, he can handle it. He already has handled it. I just don't want the woe to come to me. And so I want to bring the gospel in the least offensive way that I can. But I want to bring the gospel. Always bring the gospel. Always talk about Jesus. Always bring it back to Jesus. And so this Christmas season, as we continue this Christmas season, let our words be filled with the words of our Savior. Let our words be filled with the glory and the praise of our Savior. Everywhere we go, everything we do, every time we open our mouth, let us praise Jesus so that someone near us might see the light of Christ this Christmas. Come on. You know what? I know the world's getting light, darker. I know the world's getting darker, but more and more people are looking for light. They're looking for light and they're more and more open to finding it as you share it. So be sharing it. Start sharing it. Don't stop sharing it. Share it until the cows come home. Share it until the whole entire city of Troy is saved. I pray that this area would be like the burnt over district when Finney came through. That's my heart's desire that every single person in this area gets saved. Every single one. That there's no one left for us to preach to. And then we have to leave to go find others that don't know Christ. This is what I want. This is my prayer. (laughs) You know, uh, many of you know, I've told this story before. There used to be a cult right across the street from my business, right across the street from our home. That guy, uh, and so we heard stories and we didn't know what it was all about necessarily. We heard that there were some not good things happening there. And so we started to pray. We talked to other people from other churches. We, uh, the, the people from that cult actually came over and they tried to uh, get my daughter into it. Uh, we talked to others who were part of it. And, you know, it was, it was this crazy, this crazy time. And so it was there for about 10 years. And so we prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And there was a great reminder. There's a reminder just like staring at your face. I stare across, like, at that building across the street. And so every time I see it, I pray. And I pray, and I pray, and I pray. And we all prayed. We were all in that. And there were people from other churches that were praying because they knew what was going on there too. And after 10 years, the guy got arrested and now is serving a life sentence in prison for what he was doing. The cult's gone. God took it down. Why? Because we prayed. It took some time. The goal is that all of Troy, all of the capital region be saved everyone saved. I don't believe this is going to happen overnight. It's a long-term goal, but I believe it'll happen. Why do I believe it'll happen? Because God tore down that cult. I've seen God answer my prayers. He's going to do it again. This is my prayer. Guys, I'm praying. Join me. Join me in this prayer. I'm not saying it's going to happen immediately, but join me in this prayer. I pray for every single person in the capital region to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's real simple. It's real simple. It's not easy but it's God. And so when we set ourselves to this mission, it's, I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. And so join with me. And so especially this Christmas, guys, let us shine our light for all the world to see, for every single person that we run into to see. And so we just have to get better at shining our light. How many of you ever used a flashlight, right? 
And it takes a little bit of a steady hand, you know, you know, like this. How many of you give the kids the flashlight and they're like, right? And then they're like, right? They shine it in their own eyes and they're like, dad, look. And they shine it in your eyes, right? It takes a little bit of learning. But then eventually, you know, you know where to shine that light. Hey, look, look, there's a step here. Hey, there's a step here. You don't want to miss the step. Oh, thanks. How did you know that that was there? Jesus. I can give you the light. Do you want some of the light? You, do, you want to, do you want to use my light? Yeah, come on, come on to church with me. Come to church with me. It's that simple. It takes, it takes practice. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, that you have given us the light. God, that you have spoken to us. God, that you have shown us that you have brought us into the light, that we are sons of the light. And God, I pray that we would shine the light of Jesus everywhere we go. God, that we would shine the light of Jesus in all things, in all places, to all people. God, without hesitation, without fear of retribution. And God, I pray that we get good at shining our light. I pray that we shine our light in such a way that others would just desire to have the light too. And God, I pray your blessing upon uh, this day, this Christmas season. And God, I pray that your Savior, that Jesus Christ would be known by many this Christmas. God, we pray for salvation of souls this Christmas. If you're here in the room with us, or if you're watching online and you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior, if you've never uh, made the decision to follow him, if you've never crossed over that cavern, to come to know him as Lord and Savior of your life, I want to invite you to do that today. On your card, there's a place where you can check and says, today I follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior for the first time. If that's you, check that box. There's some information that I want to send to you that explains what that decision means and gives you some next step. If you're watching online with us and you want to make that decision, send me an email at info at redeeminglovechurch.org and I'll send you the same information. Just be sure to include your address so I know where to send it. Father, we thank you for everything you're doing at Redeeming Love. God, we thank you that the city of Troy is ours for the taking. God, that you want to save every single soul here. And God, we are with you, God. God, guide us and lead us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Worship team, come on up. Sue, come on up to receive the offering at this time. At the end of service, we're going to uh, be offering prayer. If you want prayer, if you want prayer for healing, Uh, please just let the usher know as you're dismissed and uh, we will make sure that we would love to pray with you.